You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rizchol Taraisa. I'm here with Hagoin, Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Bechofel. I don't know, is Goin good enough? I think maybe I have to do more. You see, give me Sarah Taylor. Okay, oh, that's right. Sarah Taylor, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, what, what did the, what did the Rabbi Heskel Sarnas say? They said when he, when he saw by the Luskarov, by the Znaimu Taylor, when he saw that they put up a shell that said Sarah Taylor, he stopped and then he gave a little uh, arched eyebrow and he looked at it. He says, Sarah Taylor? He says, no. He says, the Sarah, the Sarah Brius, the Afnish Zankan doctor. So, Mekende Rippen Sarah Taylor. Yeah. Mishori. Mishori. I had no half a meeting <laughs> Seriously. The question is how deep a stock it actually is. Go on. Yeah. So, um, you know, this week, uh, I guess there's still been some sort of a, uh, at least on, in my end, uh, we've been talking a lot about the medical issues that uh, were raised by, um, once again, you know, by Moshe David Tendler, in his uh, campaign for um, pushing for brain death as death. And, um, uh, the, 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 to say the material is voluminous and um, uh, sometimes overwhelming, uh, I think everybody would agree. Um, maybe you've uh, been able to uh, pare everything down uh, to basics. I know that you you have a great talent as far as that goes, and you've acquired a lot of chassidim who appreciate your lucid uh, and direct uh, approach. Uh, we could talk about it. Let's first say before we do, do you believe the issue is 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 as relevant uh today as it was uh thirty years ago about when what do you mean by relevant? Define relevant. I'm saying do you believe this the battle about what is considered the uh the moment of expiration and the idea of where transplants need to happen? Do you think it's as it's as it's as on the table in, in Claudius Row as it was thirty years ago or not? I think so. Well, why wouldn't it be? Uh, and, and, and I mean, it's not, and the wars are not taking place in public like the way they once did. But uh, yeah, sure, it should still be an issue. And, and, and we know the Rabbanut has not moved away from its initial psaac, right? They, despite the fact that, right, I don't know if that really is, because I know how relevant that is. We've talked about the marginalization of the Rabbanut. But in Eretz Yisrael, people who are from the yeshiva slash Haredi world, um, they aren't going to be gobble brain death as uh, as a simon of misa, right? They're gonna they're going they're going to wait till cessation of respiration completely, right? Yep. And therefore, in their uh, in that community, uh, the instances of the type of radical transplants that could perhaps add years to their lives is not happening. Correct. Well. The, uh, they're not, they're, there are very few donations of organs, yes. Right. And, 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 they, and they won't be macabre organ donations either then, right? No, they will be. Uh-huh. So, okay, so let's talk about that for a second, right? Uh, does that sound, how does that sound? It, so, it sounds like unethical, but it's really not because people are not, for, a lot of people don't, don't um, 
want to volunteer organs for any number of reasons. And the amount the people usually volunteer organs are actually quite small. And usually it's young, young men who die in motorcycle accidents. So it's not, it's, it's really would be more unethical to say, we're only going to give you an organ if you're going to be willing to donate your organ. It would make uh, it has to be right, right. But uh, is there a, a For example, if you put yourself there and say, "Yes, I want that heart valve. I want that part," even though you know it can only be harvested from someone who's who's they're going to harvest it anyway. Not, you're you're not being say anybody. They're going to harvest it anyway. They're just, it's already the there. Is long enough. Well, because in other words, since brain death has been accepted, these organs are in some sort of freezer anyway, right? Yeah. Well, yes. Well. What is something metaphorically, yeah. Right. They're they're in some place where they're being held. And therefore, when even a Haredi person or someone is, is now in desperate need for an organ that was taken from someone who had stopped uh whose brain functions had stopped, but other aspects of his uh, of his life, I, I guess, were still going on, his respiration and heartbeat were still happening. So um again, there would be no qualms about taking that, even though it might have been an act of ritzicha that brought those organs into into the freezer, right? So doesn't that sound a little bit uh, wrong? You just asked me this question. Why are you asking me a second time? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So so here's where again it, it seems that as much as you know there might still be this condemnation over Rav Tenwar and his tactics, or in terms of that shita. Uh, the rejection of it by Rebel Yoshev and Rebel Shlomo Zalman and others, it's still basically happening and it's still being taken advantage of, right? And it's still, it, it, it's still what, it, it, and it's saving lives and, 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 and giving people uh, years to do Torah and mitzvahs, right? Or not? Yeah, it's entirely possible that, uh, uh, that Rabbi, uh, you know, just like uh, we wouldn't be able to, uh, we need to reform and conservative Jews. Reality. Otherwise, there only be Orthodox Jews. We wouldn't be able to survive in today's society for several various different reasons. And Red Sonic speaks about how everything, every phenomenon in this world is something which Hakodesh Baruch Hu somehow put here for a purpose. So um, we need people like Rabbi Tendler to have come along and said that it's okay to uh, donate organs, even we hold these wrong, because you're right. Yes, it creates uh, a um, a situation where there won't be such a great chil Hashem. Okay, so again, now that I've given you some time to, you know, to sort of percolate in your head, uh, uh, distill it for me, the basic tzad of what, why you believe halachically uh, Rav Tenler has... Well, it's quite simple. Rabbi Tenler has no actual source in, uh, in, in a solid halachic uh, um, reasoning. What he says is that we have Allah, that if uh, you have a, um, a person or, or an animal person whose head has been cut off, any pirchus that they have, any movement of the body is movement which would signify, doesn't signify life, right? Because there's no head. So since the person, the person or animal has been decapitated, whatever they're doing, it's not life. So Rabbi Tenler's Kiddush was that when the brain stem is no longer functioning, then that is a physiological decapitation. The head has been decapitated de facto from the body, and therefore any respiration or any other movement of the body below the neck 
It's just like a pirchus and the kizar of halatah, the twitching of his tail of a salamander after it's been killed. It is not actually a sign of life. And therefore, the person is really technically dead, just like a, uh, like you say, the the lato itself is uh, is dead, although its zonav is moving. And therefore, now you have a chiyav of lisamik to do whatever you can to right. use that to be matz, even if the now. Right, now, the even, chicken was out ahead, right? Even though the chicken is running around the yard, it has no head, it must be dead. Right. Now, even if he's correct, and again, I'm sort of filling in the blanks for you while you're shuckling, is there's still an issue of, of nivel ames as well, right? Because uh, that he's dead, there's still an issue of nivel. Yeah, um, but that's like, you know, that's like being Hungarian. Are you, you don't have Hungarian blood in you. you? <laughs> I, all I'm, you're taking a Zaytik issue, which is not about you know, Ben Chaim Ben Lomavis and bring it up as a side here. Yes, of course, Nibel Amase is an issue. Right, right. Nibel Amase so, is a, a minor issue compared to whether you're killing somebody. Right, no, but here's the Nafkamina Tzadik. If the if the person who's dying is in front of you, then of course, the Nibel Amase is Nitzchem. But if it's going into a, uh, a storage ask place, where... They don't call it the storage. It's not the way it works. Not with our, yes, corneas and those things can go into storage. But uh, hearts, they have to take, the person has to be on the operating table. The, the guy who's dying for the motorcycle accident has to be on the operating table, and the other guy on the operating table, the re- receiving end, and they medevac right back to them. A few hours, but we're not talking about storage. Uh-huh. Because, again, I, I, I have read in the past that, that that was one of the issues. Even if you want to say we're trying to save lives, they, they aren't lifanech. And if it's not lifanecha, then you have you have the kedusha of the uh, of that of that sanctuary. No, of the, it, it, of the body. no, again, like I said, if you want to talk about other types of transplants, like cor- corneas, that would be an issue, but not not an issue for um, not in heart and uh, they also not in heart and lung. No, and they, right, there was even some other stuff with the brain membranes, and also there was some other, uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, some there was something even closer to. To the Mayach that they were talking about. I don't know, about. face transplants? I don't know what's. Uh... Okay, we have to ask John Travolta about that, but I don't know. Um, uh, so, Nibel Ames side issue, the Mace is then in Flonecha. So, this source is basically not a non source. By the way, Nibel Ames and its relationship to, uh, to autopsies, is where it's more of an issue, is uh, discussed in the Big Rishesh. Uh, which which big they that? Which 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 of the voluminous <laughs> volumes? I have, to, I have to check mine. I know. Which, by the uh, is it, which which Madura is that? Is, is that the volume on? Uh, that's the volume on Sefer Achsidim, right? Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's on the on the side. Because Nivla comes on Babasu. Towards the end, it comes up. Then uh, you know anything that anything that you could tangentially connect to Babasu, you were able. to... No, it's in Babasu. Ikasug is in Babasu. I know. Look, you're great. Um, you know, you, you and the <laughs> you and Rav Ruben Margolis and everyone else who was able to uh, find all the Zaitik and Yonim that are connected uh, to the Masech in any way, shape, or form. I like to point out that you brought up the Zaitik Yonim. Yeah, no, no, yeah, but I didn't promote myself, so that's that, that's you, and that's always your. I feel uh, bad that you don't have the safer that you can promote. Okay, now why don't we why don't we ask everybody to look at the safer and see what they think? Let's see, you know, does it still stand the test of time? 
you know, you and your youthful hubris, you know, yeah. the way you wrote as if you were Lechbeis from the Zakan Rosh Hashivas. Yes. I mean, you- anyway, we're getting well, getting off track because the bottom line is that we don't, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman says, and very, uh, very passionate, he says, we don't know when the Neshama leaves the body. We only know when the head actually is decapitated, that the Neshama is not there anymore. When the head is still intact, this whole concept physiological, as I'm sure, decapitation, as I'm sure any Lamdan such as yourself can appreciate, is a tremendous chiddush. We have no rishus to be mechadish. Right. And, 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 and however, it, it's interesting that it goes on for pages and pages. It isn't just mehechitesi, right? The, the, the way the debate ensued between, you know, Rav Tenmar Blythe and all the other malachtim, uh, you could, you know, you, you could take up, I don't know if a whole library, but quite a bit of, of, of discussion. Maybe, um, do you think that there were, you know, any, any solid points other than... Question about Rav Moshe most, most of the argument was about Rav Moshe and question whether Rav Moshe understood the biology. Right. Now, several questions about right. now, the, there, I remember again, this is you're right, and, and there's the what Ramesha held, and there's what the family did circling the wagons after Ramesha was nifter, and what Rab David felt. So this was all right. so that the page usually the, the, the pages of ink which are spilled are spilled on that issue. Then what did Rab Moshe hold? In other words, did Ramesh accept Rabbi Tenlusvara and didn't he accept Rabbi Tenlusvara? I know in 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 that last chuva that was printed, I think right there is some indicator, right? That's where Rav Tenwer points to to show that Rav Moshe was on his side, right? What? Well, it wasn't there a, actually something in print. There's a chuva, yeah, there's a chuva in English, Moshe. Right, and Choshen Mishpat Chaylegim. Chuva was to Doctor Elliot Bondi. Yes, so there, so over there, it does seem right. Um, it, 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 I know that there's been an accusation that it's a misreading of the tshuva. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it is a mis. It is a mis- It seems to me to be a misreading of the tshuva. Yes, correct, because the tshuva seems to. Be, uh, uh, it seems in the tshuva that are much understood, and lately I think science has not has shown he's not necessarily wrong. Although many years it was thought that he was wrong, that the brain can continue functioning after the heart stops. Mm. And if that's the case, what Ramesha seems to be saying the Chuba, which Rabbi Taylor says he couldn't have been saying, but what he does seem to be saying is that even if the heart stops, you still have to make sure that the brain is no longer working. Right. So in other words, Ramesha is not Rabbi Taylor says it's not, that's not possible, it's not feasible. So what Ramesha must have meant is that you don't look at the heart, you only look at the brain. Uh-huh. Whereas the other reading of it is Ramesha is looking for any signs of life. In other yeah. words, so therefore. If, if it's not heart, it's brain. If it's not brain, it's heart. Right. Now, I've, you know, uh, in the famous uh, video that uh, was circulated uh, after Abdovid's Ptira last year, uh, you hear him saying over and over again, as they, they're trying to draw, draw him into the, the interlocutor is trying to draw him into the debate, he says, it's about breathing. It's about the cessation of breath. Um, and I guess Rabdovid, um you know, had a sense of uh, defensive family, and Reb David, uh, Reb David was not necessarily um, uh, coming out against this, right? I didn't see the video. I don't think Reb David would do so just because he's defending family. Doesn't that sound like a type of uh, not to make it a, put it this way? Not to make it a public uh, cause celebre, but Reb David, it would seem, when he says it's about cessation of breath, seems to go against his brother-in-law. Right, right. I, if he said that, I, again, I didn't see the video, but 
Okay. Okay. Well, he said it many times, and he was. Uh, this was, you know, when 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 people came to him, and of course, if it is about cessation of breath, then the issue is breathing on your own or being the ability to breathe. Um, if, if a machine is helping him breathe, or if he's already attached to the machine, and now it's already been uh, the person and the machine together are somehow exp expelling breath, so you you would have a problem, correct? He was already on the respirator from beforehand. Right, that's why it's a big problem. Take off a respirator once you put it on. So you know, and that's why right. I think we, uh, you know, so yes, there's a early truth about that because in America they're not going to listen to you, but in Eretz Israel, what, what are they supposed to do? They actually something on a respirator until the body starts rotting. I mean, what is the the, the shear? So I think uh, there are various different suggestions made, like putting uh, the respirator on a Shabbos clock, and when it's off, when the, it's off, you can turn it off, or you know, when the when the um, when the canister runs out of oxygen, so you don't have to replace it. But uh, yeah, uh, that is a cool I mean, question. Yeah, but the problem with though, um, even you know, in other words, once once that uh, Shabbos clock goes off and you don't hear the the breathing happening on its own, does that mean the neshama has magically uh, disappeared at that moment? That's what's happened. No, it could have disappeared earlier. We just don't know when. Right, but if the chashash is the neshama is still licked on that the neshama, the man. I believe Shama said, Shama Zaman said, if if the if you the machine was off and there was no independent respiration for thirty seconds, the guy's dead. Then you can assume that the neshama shenavekiga. Whereas um, if it, if he's breathing through the respirator, since you don't know, it's a suffix pikuach nefesh. Right. Right. Although you still have, I guess, the other svar, which is that you know it's 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 not considered, um, you know, it's chayim. We don't know about the tsar. Right, and that's the other thing. You know, I think that's another thing Rattenor tried to um, uh, push was the idea that this is even lishitoschem. It's not really chaye oilam at all, right? That when you have the same way when you have a chayim with tsar, that it's you don't have the same pikuach nefesh issues. When you have a chayim that's a vegetative chayim, like you said, where the organs are starting already shut down and uh, other functions aren't happening, that already doesn't have the skus hachayim that normal. Chaim has. Uh, you're familiar with that idea too, I hope. But, uh, uh, that, but that's, uh, again, that's like a Hungarian this far, because uh, we can't be, uh, we're, we're not allowed to end his sorry. Right, but Ramesh, we're allowed to, Ramesh, we're allowed to be Monea treatment, we're not allowed to kill him. We can't punch a knife at him and say, I'm going to harvest your, your heart now, and you should be happy about it because I'm ending your anguish. Right, right. Well, again, so here you have the question right, of, of a mice be a diem, although it's not necessarily, right? in other words, it's still, this is where you have to, you, you have to get into the whole idea of goises uh, as well. Um, is it considered, right. you know, even though the person is allowed, it's, it, Yuzicha would not, it would be called chaye shah in terms of. Yeah, in that case, maybe it could be Mekel Zaka, because I, like I said, almost all these donors are like people died in motorcycle or other accidents. So maybe they're considered to be trefus, which is more cow than a gosis. And right, it, which is incredible, considering the fact that the gosis is definitely expiring, right? All the things are going down. But since he's not halachic, he hasn't gotten the halachic status of trefa. So therefore, uh, you might be able to be matir, whatever iser it is, in order to be poiled to save someone Well, else. that is the foresight of the Torah, because otherwise euthanasia would be much, much more common. Uh, uh, and and we know it's making a comeback, right? Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. So, um, you know, the uh, uh, 
I think that, uh, you know, you were able to get some mileage out of it, uh, clearly, and that you were able to uh, give lectures on it and be extolled by your students for what you were able to, to say about it. Um, you, know, you know, do you- I still feel so bad for you that you lack so much COVID. Hopefully these podcasts give you much more COVID than I ever got in my entire life. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, look, you know, I don't know who remembers all the morsels of COVID that have been sprinkled upon them more, me or you, but uh, you seem to have them at your fingertips. Uh, because when I asked you about it, within 15 seconds, you were able to bring out something out of the 90s that Harry Merrillis uh, praised you for. So, um, you know, I know oh, that- I sent you the article about Brady, the article about Brady? What are you talking about? You sent me uh, Harry's Okay, article. well, it's not my fault that he praised me in the beginning. Give me a break. I'm not saying okay. it's your fault, but you had it- Even that, you'd be grudged. No, no, you had it at your fingertips. I don't begrudge you. I have Rachmanis on you. Because like you go to sleep in a laurel bed of all the nice things people have said about you, right? And here you are, like, you know, that that that's what allows you to sleep at night is all the dreams of the people that have that have elevated Bechhofer and that have loved Bechhofer for being so great. So, you know, so I'm I, I have Rachmanis that much. I have Rachmanis. I appreciate that. Thank you. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Baruch Hashem, you have me around to 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 yeah. your, your balloon. I don't that's even right. know what it is. Uh, it's something I'm so because uh, Baruch was always sent me behold door of a door, something to make sure my ego doesn't get too inflated. Yeah, make sure to keep it a state of only semi inflation. Okay, Baruch Hashem. Look, it's definitely, but like I said, I think that the uh, you know, the you know, what, let's talk about you know, the, but anyway, let's get back to Bang Beth. I'm sure we all both agree that it's a tremendous case which Rabbi Denver had the chief rapping it. Their tube was written by Rachel Israeli. I couldn't make head or tail of that tube. Right, which five, is, one second, let me stop there. He's usually, he's usually Simzach. This is a man who sat with Rebel Yoshev and Rebel Yoshev right. liked him a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Held, right. And and I happen to think, you know, Rachel Israeli Svarim, you can't mock them, Avek. This is not the some, this is not yes, some, absolutely. This is not some, no, but, but it was, uh, wait, it was so if you are mom. And I think there was, must have been a lot of political pressure eight, one on second, him. 80, to, this was eighty six when he was when he wrote that shuvah. I have it. I, I I collected it this week. I think it was already in his eighties. We can look up his age. He was not the safe young mother. No, it was not in the eighties. In the nineties, he didn't write this too in the eighties. Anyway, let's look it up. I, look, Maybe I'm wrong. I, yes, I, it may. I don't understand. I I, you I don't didn't, at the time. I did not. I read the shuvah and I did not. I could not follow the line of reasoning. I don't know why he wrote the shuvah. I don't know what was going through his head. And but the, obviously the rabbinut just just like, like the heter mechira, they had to make a way to do it because otherwise it would have been a tremendous Hashem. So this is what they did, and basically I think that they relied on Rabbi Tanner and said, okay, he's the one who's mafirin for our God is okay, and we're going to be going along with our hire of Moshe, which is what it was really. Yeah, well, presumably yes. Yeah, and um, which which really indicates, you know, I'm, I'm always in a spoil. You know, we can move on to something else here because. I think I've exhausted what you have to say about this. Um, the uh, it's incredible, really, uh, the fingerprints of Rav Moshe's influence in Eretz Yisrael in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. Because um, you almost had the impression uh, people in Eretz Yisrael didn't know who Rav Moshe, how great Rav Moshe was, and yet we discovered uh, statements by Rabbi Yoshev that Rabbi Yoshev said he was one of the few people that he would. Uh, make this bracha uh, of, of you know Chacham um, Arozim to 
there's a and, and, and much of the major work about Rav Moshe and his importance is being done by Israeli scholars. It's 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 interesting that you know at, at the time there was almost like oh he's the American uh, Pesach, but really in Eretz Yisrael they knew in Eretz Yisrael Rishon Zalman and others uh, you could see it of course in their covenant that they have when they write to him, but you you also see it by Chacham Avadia. It really does really, you know, put a lie to the whole Chassidish notion that Rav Meisha became great because of the vacuum that he arose in. Of course, that was, you know, that was the, that was the whole point of, 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 of you know, the Chassidish who, who wanted to bury Rav Meisha after the publishing of the Igris Meisha, that this, you know, he would never have been anything. That's what they claimed, or he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been prominent had he not risen in a, in a world that was so wild, open, and needed to have these type of leaning and psakim for people who aren't really Yari Shamayim and Tamir HaChomim, right? That was basically the, the, the approach. Uh, it's not that they felt, how dare he write this? The, the Chassidim were upset because the psakim were being... I'm talking about the Bavavar the, the, who's not a post-secret at all. The Bavar spoke about Ramon against Ramosha? Of course. He wrote the whole truth against artificial insemination. Wasn't, that was Satmar, wasn't it? Satmarov too, but the Bavar Rebbe also, right? He also and, wrote one? Yes, yes. It was printed up in Amor. And, and in general, let's talk about Rav Mordechai, Yaakov Breish, and others. Um, you know, the, 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 the assault was, 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 was from Switzerland? Switzerland. Yaakov? The Chalkas Yaakov, the Chalk, there's, def, there's probably a 20 chuvas where the Chalkas Yaakov is like, is, is like I can't believe that Rav Meisher that is but writing this. He didn't write, but, 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 but he wasn't Mivaza him, was he? I would say. Cicel Diaz has a big Mavazah about the about the abortions. I don't think it was Mivaza him. Right. That arguing is not being Mavaza. The Sam Rebbe, I think it was, he sent the goons after him, right? I, again, there is some uh, discussion about this, and people have said about it. But but I think the, the, the when you if you if I have talked to Chassidus Shachevra, and I talked to them in that period, most of them just listen for a second. Most of them felt that you know they were happy, just like you said before. They're happy for conservative reform. They were happy. Okay, there's a Rav Moshe for them, but we're not Makabalis. So listen, Chol of Yisrael. It was it was Mamish They felt a, a, an issue like that. Was you know, I'm not familiar with these Hasidim since you know the only Hasidim with whom I was directly familiar with Lubavitchers. It hurt me very much. Lubavitcher did not go to Rabbi Zavaya. I think I've discussed that here. Uh, maybe not. But he was Mitzvah people to go though. He was Mitzvah. Yes, I was very upset he didn't go. I'm still very upset he didn't go because the the Satmer the Sigater kid did come to Moshe Zavaya. Okay, so the Sigater is already in the Chaystar. Okay, true, but still, you know, uh, maybe but, but I, I think it really is, you know, it is an example. I mean, there are, uh, you know, time tells. I think, you know, what this brain death issue and how it's centered so much on Ramesha really, in many ways, indicates how um, that, that, that Ramesha, <laughs> you know, this was not just a blip. This was not a blip at all. As much as Ramesha Meiser felt that Ramesha was weird. You know, as much as there was a, a sense that, that that this is sort of not in line with things, and as much as people, you know, uh, you know, were in many ways, Ramesh's Bakias was unbelievable, incredible. His ideas were uh, extraordinary, way beyond anything anybody of, of, of our level can dream of. 
his lamdas and the, the lamdas of his Rebbe, Rabbi Pesach Bruskin, are are different than the lamdas of the Yeshiva world. So it could be right. that there was and, little and, and that lamdas is what is what is what motivates and is behind uh, the Pesachim. Yeah. Look, look, I know from my people from Rav Nota, That's what. That's, so that my Rav Moshe case the Baal Dibras Moshe in Rav Nota's book because basically Rav Moshe thought, okay, look. I, Someone's got a paskin, so I'm going to put on the gloves. <laughs> but Lamaisa, it was it was it was very very different. Talmida Mufakam and Rishlon Zalman told me they scratched their heads over and over again about uh, the psalkim of Rav Moshe. Always. Right, so that's why that's in one of my other articles for the Jewish Observer. What was the article about Elu Elu? Yes, about Elu Elu. <laughs> You're always once again, yeah. What are you on? Yeah, okay, yeah. I wrote about this issue about who, who's a posek. Because you know, you could say that uh, I don't. This guy's not a lambda in my book. Why should? I, but why, how can he be a paisik? And but, but as we know, this is in fact being a paisik is more a question of being erased your mind and being and having siyata dishmaya than how great a lambda you are. And that's a kosh baruch who is obviously shoisel paisik in bechol dor vador who recognize for their their, their their sincerity, the erushamayim, and for yeah, having a significant amount of knowledge as well. But it's not necessarily the lumnus which makes a person play. And we know Reb Chaim Brisker is a famous example of that by his telling them some of the Zelig. Because of Rieger, don't tell me what Hyroy uh, is, yeah. because then I can't be the copy. Okay. Exactly. Right, right. Yes, I, I know. I could already finish your sentences. My, what I am saying is, is that when, when, the, when I dig deep and I see these letters that have come up, I see that 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 revolution. You say right? That at now they begin they have begun to appreciate. No, no, but also I see the rebel Yashav always held that way, and that, that there were people in Eretz Yisrael. Although the Hamayin like was, were mystified, people like Rebel Yashiv, who was already called Goin Muvak, etc., they knew, and and I think that that's like an indicator that well, they it's like, you know, it's like Rebel Yashiv never came out explicitly and protected Rav Cook. I don't think he was the type of person to publicize. You know, I hold very much a Feinstein. Right, but again, this, it's clear from statements that he's made and from things that he's that he that he writes that I've seen and that's been that's been put in in, in, in Ksav on his shiurim, his blood shiurim. He constantly the stuff that the Haoris constantly mentions in the in, in the notes. It, he is zehiris and arguing with Rav Moshe, even when Rav Moshe makes eschidushim is, is 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 immense. And you would have thought that Rebel, if anybody, you would have thought Rebel Yoshev would stand b'fnei atzmo, and 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 it's nishtaze. So to me, that's really a raya that even though the lumdis to us sounds convoluted, you know, we might be the ones that are convoluted, not Rav Moshe. And and, and that way, and so in that way. You know, I, I think that the fact that everything centers on what did Rav Moshe hold is really I- incredible. You know, many people would I, say, I think I told you about what my roommate in the mirror said about Rav Moshe, right? Which is what? You, you probably know who this is. So I'm not going to say his name now. And uh, I think he maybe would have Harata today. He said to me once, he said to me, he was not wearing the mirror. So we were in Dira together. He said, uh, I am a Spitz Lambda. Spitzlamda means I can give studying for both sides in any machlekes. So I can never be a placing because a placing has to be able to, uh, has to be somebody who can only see one side as being right and not be able to give both sides. He needs to have a grubber cup, like Reb Moshe. 
Okay. Well, you know, you know, I, I guess you know the the the, in, uh, the interaction didn't spoil you, although uh, uh, I was I was uh, still shocked till today. But you know, it's a uh, there is such a obviously there's such a uh, again going back to Chaim Brisker, right? You know, if you're it could be that that somebody could have that hashkafa and that's a distorted and wrong hashkafa. I'll throw out something a little bit different. Um, these people who, who go through the Inyanim and the Sugis and uh, use their Spitz Lamdashakup, even applying them to Aloha, I don't think Rav Moshe and others would say, okay, if, you, if, if you're a big enough Mairai Rav for yourself, that's fine. What's interesting is, and, and I, I know that in many ways I've been uh, connected to, to, to Rabbonim, like Rav Aaron uh, Salvechik, and others who actually acted on their own much different than what was considered Rav Moshe's Psak or Rav Moshe held, because they went through the Nyanim and did it their way. And, and they have a right to do that. What's interesting is, is that Rav Moshe becomes standard practice, or at least acceptable standard practice, for almost everyone. And that's, that's, that's incredible. So, you know, I would, if these, these Lamdamas should be true to their word, and Enochinami, if there's a Kula that Rav Moshe comes up with, they should never be Makabalit, because they've gone through <laughs> it. And I think Rav Moshe himself in the Ayulma Amnes is saying, yeah, what are you doing being Saimach on me? You thought about it differently. You had a different uh, approach. You should either be Machm or Mekel, et cetera. But it's interesting. The famous story that uh, Rav Ruven Feinstein used to smoke on Yontif. And uh, they came to him once and they said, your father says the Igor's Moshe now allowed to smoke on Yontif. So he said, so he came to his father and said, how can it never stop me from smoking? If you owe this sir. And he said, I figured, we're much supposed to answer it. I figured you went through the cigar on your own and you came to a different conclusion. In fact, I will tell you that I heard through Rav Nota that Rav David, one of his, uh, one of the things he tried to do was to establish himself independently of his father in terms of having a whole halachic perspective. And um, he was sometimes... Uh, disturbed when people would come to him and they would want to know specifically what the father meant. Now, the, the, the fellow, the Bartabum, um, uh, wrote two Svarim. Moskowitz, yeah. Moskowitz wrote two Svarim based on how Rabdovid could tell what, the, what, what his father felt. And, and, and it's, it's a sign to Rabdovid's anivus and greatness that he said, okay, this is what I think it might mean. But Rabdovid, I think, himself uh, uh, had a, an approach in halacha where which was different, and I think historians and of halacha and people are going to do research in the future need to realize that when they look at what did Reb David supposedly say and not necessarily shoehorn that uh, in, into what Reb Moshe felt or Reb Moshe meant. Right. And it's a. Um, so uh, uh, ever the politician, Rabbi Vremel. You managed to avoid commenting directly on Rabbi Tendler's perspective and what you think of his oneness, and to segue into the to uh, Rabbi Moshe and uh, the how Rabbi Moshe is treated. And I am impressed with that, uh, you know, uh, deflection. Uh, uh, you know what? I want to be honest with you. I didn't believe. I don't believe that I'm holding deep or broad enough in Rabbi Tendler's sugya of, of brain depth. I, I, I deferred to you, and since you already had uh, revealed your expertise, and you still claim it, so that's the reason why I wanted you to speak about it. I would, I would need to roll up my sleeves and do a deep dive into this before I could speak about that. But go ahead. 
I'm honest. No, that's, really, that's an I, honest I, I, answer. I, I, it wasn't trying to be equivocal and trying to gain brownie points with the Tenwar family. That's not what it was about. But go ahead. Um, I, 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 I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to say that uh, because uh, I disagree with Rabbi Tenwar on this. That uh, uh, he. Um, it has anything to do with him personally. It, I think it's a very, uh, it's a very basic Yisraelistic issue in halacha. But I think that that's something where people, which people are not made aware of that it's a Yisraelistic halacha issue in halacha. And uh, I don't know exactly um, what the proper, uh, uh, um, what the proper uh, facade is to present to us a simple balabas. Is it to tell them, you know, well, elu ve'elu. Or are you supposed to get into the gritty and tell them we had a very questionable woman is behind it? Um, it's kind of like, you know, let me just throw in an interjection there. Rav Tenler is one of the reasons why we don't have simple balabakim anymore, right? Rav Tenler and others who sort of pushed that envelope is we don't have. Well, well I, think, I think it's more due to his bar plukta, Rabbi Bleich. Okay, but basically both of them together and others you can't just, you know, we want to go to do, let's read what you have to say. Uh, there's many people that are part of the Bechafer, um, what is that group that you have again? The Orthodox Jews Against Racism, right? There are many people, yes. there are many people on that, that you're, right, who, who have written articles in it. People who are doctors and other things who have, who have, who have weighed in on this. So it's very hard to just say, I'm going to talk about this to Balabatim, like, you know, uh, can you exercise before davening? You know, that's a nice, safe, uh, a nice, safe topic to give. But for you to go now to some shul, for example, let's say you'd be, both of us are, are dying. Scholar and residents, please, please take us some shul God. <laughs> Right, right. I told you we should go on the road. I think it would be a, a great team. We should. Now yeah. COVID's over. We should yeah, start yeah, a road trip. Yeah, Buffalo we're... Bill and Geronimo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm the Geronimo, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know who's getting scalped first. I mean, we're both <laughs> we're both losing our hair. But anyway, the point though is is that um, scholar. This would this would be a touchy thing to do a scholar in residence thing about, right? You, yes. you right? Because uh oh. The guy in the, the guy sitting in the front row might know more than me. Correct, right. and he might might be a transplant uh, uh, patient also. Right, and um, yeah. so so I think that the yeah. uh, it's almost like what was spawned afterwards uh, made it difficult. I think to go back and, and reexamine. Um, look, I want to ask you a question. Uh, you wanted to me, and I'm, so I I think I've, I've showed you I'm not dodging. I'm not the artful dodger. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, it really is. I'm just lazy. I'm lazy. And if I, if I didn't have to do a hundred podcasts a week, I would be ready. Like my friend, you know, others who do one podcast a month to be able to uh, uh, pontificate uh, from a very expert perch on brain death and what Ref Tenler brought to the table. I, again, I, I can't do that. I won't even try, but let me ask you about Muncie because that is, I think an interesting aspect uh, Muncie, 1965, when he becomes the rov of what is it called, the, Mun- the Central Muncie Synagogue or something like that, right? Muncie Community Synagogue. The Muncie Community Synagogue. Um, there was for a while a sort of a I don't know a, 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 I don't know if you call it a modern Orthodox, but there was something going on there that Rattenler was uh, connected to. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? You're a Muncie. I don't know. I came way too late to know about that. So I can't really speak about what happened Muncie. I was shocked when I got to Muncie how actually little 
influence Rabbi Tanner had in the Gorilla Broder Muncie. He was, I think he was, there was a Vada Rabbanim which, which existed, which gave the Guanash Gacha in one restaurant at that point when I came to town and uh, died shortly thereafter. And uh, I, I was there, you know, when, you're out, when you think about Rabbi Tanner in the modern Orthodox world, you think this is a very powerful rabbi, but in fact, he was not a player here in Muncie. So what happened, um, you know, I know Forche for a while was a little bit of a of an outlet for a little bit more of a broad-minded yeshiva. Word. No, the, 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 no but not Rabbi Tamler, nobody, nobody was going to Wesley Hills. Very modern people. Wesley Hills? Is that what it's called? Nobody. Maybe Wesley Hills, but it was more modern. Now it's not so modern anymore. And so really, but uh, basically there are very few people who use this Eruv. And, uh, uh, you know, only very isolated shuls. Very few of them in Muncie. So what's interesting is, although he was a sort of a pioneer in in, in helping create the community in Muncie, but it's interesting how, like Ivy, the Chassidish Welt insinuated themselves into Muncie and really right. turned Muncie, and we've talked about it, being a, a total Chassidish Shtad. I don't know who the, you know, we know Bismarck Elia went out there at one time, but but it's interesting how, how um, you know, the 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 people like Rav and others who saw it as a, as a way to have, I guess, you know, normalcy of, of a life outside of the hustle and bustle, um, it sort of withered away. It became, yeah. and, and that I think is, 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 is yeah. uh, you know, I, could any Rav have done it? Could, could Stevie Riskin, could anybody have created like, like, uh, like that enclave in Muncie for, uh, Probably not because of the onslaught of uh, you know too much of an onslaught. But you know, I don't well, know. I, I would say one other thing about it. Why again? This is my theory, and it's maybe you need traffic experts for that. Teaneck is over the bridge. Englewood is over the bridge. Um, it, it, the, the, the heartbeat of the city is right there, <laughs> right, and, and and so is the breath. Uh, I don't know if the brain is there, but the, the, that's all there. I think Muncie was just too far out. I think, you know, the Chassidim, you know, sort of appreciated the idea of creating a hamlet far enough away. It, it, it sort of like harkened back, you know, to a Europe that was extremely wealthy, right? Instead of having some darf, you know, mezrich and mudjits, you know, and, you know, and, and some kleinish tetala, they were able to live, okay, still sort of crowded with each other, but uh, in a way that's sort of like, you know... And it's a very interesting issue, the issue of the ge- geography and how communities develop. The very sense of proximity to the city of New York, I like the idea. It's a creative way of looking at things. And, and that's, okay. why I think, that's why I think that the... Look, here we, we, we vote with our feet. Okay. Uh, it's, when it's did Abelis and Hyman move out of the city to, the, to New Jersey? To Hillside. Well, you would see Hillside. It doesn't look anything like beautiful Muncie, but you can... Yeah. If, you, if you're able to see through the smog, you can catch the hill. I guess yeah, I think the I think when all these companies left the Lower East Side, Strikes, and uh, you know, not the same right? The yeah, places yeah. in Jersey, right? And again, they, yeah. they they really went into an industrial area where they could park their cars more than the fact that it was uh, any sort of beauty. But I think there's really something to that. And, and here's the point: uh, commuting when it becomes so um, uh, bedeviling, when it's it, people just forget about that. And I think that's. Uh, you know, when you have a, a job in the city, which so many of these Hebrek had, they might have been doctors in hospitals. They don't want to sit in a car and drive all the way out 
to uh, you know, uh, uh, to the Palisades on some you know rocky, craggy place. I think that's really the reason why. Uh, I don't think it's because of Rav Tenler's lack of leadership uh, or Kula's. I think it's just yeah. Look, <laughs> T-neck is great. <laughs> we'll just we'll just do it right over the bridge. Right. That, I think that's really what that's what it means. Absolutely. That's what right about. But as you know, as you gave me my, I like this far. I like it. Finally, I came up with something. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, but I'm sitting here at the heart of that comes up with something good consistently. Not something good, something great, something luscious, something tasty, something that is novel. And they do work. Our uh, people here at Abel's and Hyman, they have the lab people working on constantly new flavors uh, that come up with ways that you can get processed meat in a, in a way that it's, 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 it's tasty. It's, I don't know if it's guilt-free, but you definitely do not feel, <laughs> you do definitely don't feel like you're just ingesting stuff that's going to go in. It's That's It's going to go into your, um, uh, into your uh, vein. Kishkas. Kishkas, yes. And, and, and just raise your, uh, raise your uh, cholesterol. Cholesterol. It's not, that's not what happens. This is stuff that's lean. I see the meat when it comes in. I sometimes have to check it. And I can tell you the stuff is lean. The stuff is the, is the highest quality. And with the shortages of COVID, uh, Abel's has been doing their utmost uh, to keep the prices within the range of the, the, the educated Jewish consumer who knows that to buy quality. And, and they do whatever they can. They are meticulous in terms of, of, of the way they treat their workers. I wanted to tell you one thing that that I wasn't, uh, doing this uh, during COVID before I got my shots. And um, once I got them, uh, I came and in, in, in my Ashkoch around, I saw in one of the free, right in one of the, the main places where the meat is kept, the, 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 the people here in Abel's put up a sign for one of the workers who died of COVID and to glorify him. They had a picture of him and they, and they honored him. Uh, what an amazing thing. Again, you know, usually we, we, we talk about, you know, the, the workers, uh, the, the, the frontline people. The company uh, understands that everybody is important from the, the head of the company, the CEO, to Mashkiach, of course, and even the people that are sitting there on the line. And I think that sort of respect for human beings, respect for humanity, type of stuff that we talked about today in terms of, uh, of, of, of caring and medical ethics, I think you see that in work ethics over here as well. So that's probably the longest commercial I've given for them. But yes, <laughs> I think well-deserved. Take care, everybody. We'll Have catch you us. next week. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 